You are listening to episode number five of the Profit Podcast with me, Matt Robinson. And today we are going to talk about the power of an excellent consultation process. So let's dive right in. The Profit Podcast. In episode number three, I covered a very simple three-step gym floor strategy, which came off the back of the interview that I did with Rich Malpass in episode two. So today we're going to build on that and we're going to look at what happens next after you've followed through with that three-step process. What do you do once you've been talking to someone, you've got them interested in what you do, and now you need to go through some sort of process to help them make a buying decision. So we're going to follow directly on from where we left off last time. And the way we're going to do this is I'm going to break this down into three distinct steps, again, like we did with the gym floor stuff, and make it nice and simple for you. So we're going to look at what to do before the consultation, what to do during the consultation, and what to do after the consultation to make sure that you give someone the best chance of investing in your services and becoming one of your clients. So let's break this down into these three steps. So step one involves doing a series of small little things before the consultation is even near happening to make sure that you give yourself the best chance of that consultation going well. So these are things that you might do a few days before this consultation happens. And what we're going to assume here is we're going to assume that this person is at the point where they've said to you, right, okay, I'm ready to sit down and have a chat about how personal training works and how you can help me get my, get my results. So this person might come off the back of you having followed that three-step gym floor process, in which case you might already know a fair bit about them, which is good and have a good level of rapport with them. But actually, what might be more likely in this day and age is that you've never actually met this person before, and it might be a lead that's come through to you via social media or an email or something like that, or even a referral from someone. So it might be this, this person's just reached out to you randomly and said, I'm interested in personal training. Can you tell me some more? And then you're arranging a consultation off the back of that. In either scenario, there's still these few small things that we can do to make sure that when we get to the point of actually sitting down with that person and doing a consultation with them, that we can give ourselves the best chance of success. So before doing a consultation with anyone, regardless of whether I know them or not, I like to give them a phone call at least a day or so beforehand. And on that phone call, I'm going to try and do a few things. Number one, I'm going to try and reassure them. So I'm going to make it you know, just seem nice and calm, nice and chilled out and make sure that they've got an idea of what's going to go on. Number two, I'm going to check if there's anything likely to get in the way. There is nothing we hate more as trainers than when we arrange appointments and people cancel last minute. But again, I think there's something we can do about that, especially when someone's new and nervous and it's easy for them to find an excuse not to turn up. I think there's stuff we can do to alleviate against that. And then the final step of that in that conversation, what I'm going to do is, is just set a few expectations in terms of what they might need to bring to that consultation, what I might need from them, find out what their expectations of it are. Are they expecting to do any exercise? Are they happy just to sit down and chat? That's what I'm going to use that conversation for. So that conversation would, would go something along the lines of, hi, I'm Matt from Profit Personal Training. I'm just giving you a quick call to confirm our appointment in a couple of days' time at whatever time it is you've arranged. I also wanted to make sure that you were fully aware of what was going on in this consultation and make sure that I fully understood why it was that you were wanting the consultation in the first place. So I'll let them chat for a couple of minutes from there on in, um, have a bit of back and forth with them. 
And then I'll say something along the lines of, so we've booked this appointment for in a couple of days' time at this time. Is there anything likely to get in the way of that appointment happening? And see what they say. They might say, no, absolutely no reason for anything to get in the way, which is brilliant. If they do come up with something, then maybe, you know, have a look at if there's a better time or a better day to meet them just to make sure that you don't get frustrated and that they're not frustrated in terms of letting you down. Sometimes people cancel on you and then never, you know, rearrange that appointment because they feel like it's like they've been a bit rude and they, they, they don't want to go through that process again. So let's try and make sure that process only has to happen once. And then I'll finish off the conversation by, again, confirming the day and the time, making sure they're fully aware of what to bring with them, what to expect, why we're doing the consultation process, and I'll close it out from there and make sure that they're happy with everything that's going on. Just to back that up, what I then might do the day before the consultation is drop them a text and say, right, just to confirm, we're meeting tomorrow at this time. I'll see you down in whatever area of the gym it is that you're meeting in. We'll talk about that more in step two. And I'll be there ready and waiting for you five minutes before that appointment time. So those are all the key bits that we're going to look at in step one before the consultation to give us the best chance of success and make sure that that consultation goes well. Step two is the main body of the consultation process itself and that actual, you know, meeting with the person that you do, ideally in person, but I know increasingly more people are doing these over the phone or via Skype or whatever because we're doing like distance coaching and things like that. But let's assume you're going to meet this person in you know, in person and actually do a sit-down consultation with them. Normal rules apply in terms of everything that you do within your business. You know, just the basics of turn up on time, look professional. I know it's silly to say these things, but if you've got this consultation sandwiched in between, you know, a busy day of sessions and other things going on, it's very easy to forget that. And that first impression is going to last a lifetime. So make sure that you just Leave a bit of time before that consultation, maybe leave a bit of time after it in case it overruns so that you're not rushing around. You've got chance to, you know, grab a bit of food if you need it, grab a coffee for you and the person that's going to turn up and just set the scene for, you know, a nice relaxed environment. Something I always like to do as well, and this is more a bit of a a mindset trick for myself, and it's something I've mentioned to quite a few of the trainers that I mentor, is I actually have a pen that I only ever use during consultations And to me, it's that little break in my state of mind of, right, what I'm about to do here is a little bit different from the rest of my day. It signifies that I'm doing something that's a bit more professional and a bit more, I don't know, out of the ordinary. And it it gives me that little mental reminder of to be slightly different from the way that I am around everyone else I'm going to see that day because I need to be a little bit more tentative with this person a little bit more sensitive to what they're saying and pick up on a few more things and it's not that I don't do those things with every other appointment I've got that day it's just that you need to be that little bit more switched on in this first case and find out exactly what you need to find out about this person so that you can set them on the right path so those are like the basics those are the little things that you can do beforehand what we need to do then is is make sure that if we're doing this consultation in person we need to try and find a place that's like the least intimidating place in the gym. A lot of people that come to see us are very nervous, might not be a gym member yet, or if they are, they're not very confident in and around the gym. The least intimidating place isn't always necessarily the quietest place. You know, this person might not want to be locked in um, an assessment room with you somewhere in a corner of the gym. 
they might not like the idea of it being just very closed in and one-to-one. So what we tend to do is, is do a lot of our consultations just in a nice open cafe area. It's just a bit more laid back, a bit more chilled. Yeah, there's a bit more noise and it's a bit busier, but at the same time, it just takes that danger level down for the person. It makes it a little less intimidating for them. So choose somewhere that's not very intimidating so that they can relax a little bit. Open up the consultation just by talking about anything for five minutes and just get them nice and relaxed. Talk to them about the day so far. You know, if it's a Monday, talk to them about the weekend they've just had or if it's a Friday, the weekend that they're about to have. Let them know a little bit about how your day's gone so far and what you've been working on and just gives you a chance to let them know how many people you're already helping and, you know, what your day sort of looks like. Um, And then once you've done that for five minutes or so, then you can start opening up into your actual consultation process and letting them know a little bit more about you and how long you've been in the industry, the types of people you like to help, you know, what your background is and, and give them that little bit of almost that social proof that you know what you're doing um, and you've been doing this a while. And even even if you haven't been doing this a while, you know, you will have had experience before becoming a personal trainer within the fitness industry and helping other people. So feel free to talk to them about that. Then you're going to dive into the actual process itself. So I'm not going to cover this into in sort of any real detail because everyone has a slightly different way of approaching a consultation process and what they might see as a sales process. But in terms of just a, a few key points that you need to make sure that you get in there at some point in whichever way you decide is we need to ve- get very clear on what that person wants and why it is that they want that. Everything else around that is just sort of bonus material, but they're the key things. What exactly does this person want and why do they want it? Of those two things, the bit that you're probably going to need to spend the most time on because that person might not know this yet themselves is why they want what they want. So if you've got someone sat in front of you that's a middle-aged woman that wants to lose two stone, we're going to spend a little bit of time delving into that and trying to find out why that is. Because once we understand the why behind that goal, it gives us a lot more leverage in terms of helping that person understand the importance of taking care of that right now. Because the reality is is that if, if the goal only revolves around losing two stone that person could choose to tackle that at any time in their life. They could leave it another year. They could leave it another two years. Or if we take the time to fully understand why that goal is so important and why they've decided to turn up today of all days, we can make sure that that person fully understands why it's important to start tackling this now and what might happen if they don't start tackling this now. So just a few pointers on how to go about doing that. When we start asking people about their goals, you know, let's say, for example, I'm sat in front of a woman and she says to me, right, Matt, I'd really like to lose two stone. Immediately, I'm thinking, okay, two stone, nice goal, very clear on what she wants. Let's delve into why that is. So I might ask a few different types of questions. I might just ask her outright. I might say, why is it that you're looking to lose two stone? Or I might say to her something along the lines of, what is it about losing two stone that you think will improve your life? Or what is it about losing two stone that excites you you know it depends on how you like to ask questions but the power is in the questions that you ask as to what sort of answer you're going to get for me I like to try and ask a question that's going to get a really positive response so something along the lines of what is it about losing two stone that really excites you I think is a nice question to ask because what that allows that person to do is put themselves in that state of mind now as to what it might feel like once they've lost that two stone 
Um, and that's quite important to do. We want them to feel some of the, those emotions now and understand not only will they be two stone lighter, but they will actually feel different within themselves. They will feel like a different person. And if we can take them on that journey now, even just for a short space of time, that'll make them sort of believe that that's a bit more achievable because they're already feeling some of those emotions now. So we can talk to them about that. We can delve into that. We can go a few layers deep with that. We can ask the same question in a few different ways. We can ask them why they want to lose two stone. What is it about X that they then want to experience as a result of losing that weight? Um, how's that going to affect their life outside of the gym? What impact might that have on their kids or their close family members? You know, Will it have any impact at all in what they do at work? How do they think it might change their energy day to day and how they sleep at night and things like that we can delve into all of these things that they might not even acknowledge will change all they're thinking about is that number changing on the scale so our job is to help them help them understand how it's going to impact other areas as well and then once we've done all of that what we can maybe do is is then flip it and go the other way and say right if we were to leave today and not do anything what do you see happening over the next year, two years, three years, five years, however long you want to choose, take them to that place, take them the opposite way, give them a moment to think about what might happen if they don't do anything, but just make sure that if you're going to do that, you bring them back to the positive place before moving on in your consultation. So we might start positive, take them to somewhere where they realize what happens if they don't change now, and then bring them back to that positive area before we move on. The reason we do all this is just to help someone create that emotional connection with their goal because at the moment in time, it's just a number. It's an arbitrary figure that they've plucked out of nowhere. Um, it might even be just a number that they remember from a past time in their life and what they remember is the number and what they forget is how they felt around that number. It might be that someone says, I want to get back to weighing nine stone Okay, so the nine stone is the thing they remember. The bit that they've forgotten is why they enjoyed being at nine stone. And that's the bit that we need to connect with them. Why is it that nine stone felt so great for them? Because it isn't the number that made them feel great. It's everything else in and around that. So that's how you take care of some of the stuff in that main body of the consultation. <laughs> Step of this process now involves what you do after the consultation. And... Obviously, there's one of two ways this can go. It can be that you leave that consultation and the person has decided to sign up. Um, it might be that they haven't signed up. Even if they go away thinking about it, the reality is, is that at this moment in time, they haven't signed up. So that's why I like to only think of it as one of two outcomes. You could argue that there's a third where they're still deciding. But the way I see that is they've not signed up. There's still stuff that you can do. Yeah. So regardless of whether they've signed up or not, I always like to send someone an email immediately after the consultation is finished. So if they haven't signed up, I'd send them something along the lines that says, hi, whatever the name was, really appreciate you coming along today and having a chat with me. It was great to learn about you and your goals and what it is that you're looking to achieve. And then what I would do is, is I would give them a next step. So I might say something along the lines of, Based on what it is that you're looking to achieve, I really recommend that you go and read these couple of articles, something like that. Ideally, they're articles that I've written that might be on you know, a blog that I've done or um, my LinkedIn account or something like that. Might link to a podcast that we've recorded or something like that. I'd like to give them something, a next step that they can then go away and take a bit of action on. 
if I've got a good idea of what their objection might be, I might also put something like that within the email. So for example, I might say, I know that you need to go and talk to your husband about this decision. By all means, if you want to bring your husband into the gym and have a chat with me about it so that he can fully understand what it is we're going to work on, then just let me know and we can get that arranged. So regardless of whether this person signed up or not, I believe you should follow up um, and make sure that there's something after that that gives them a little bit of a nudge in terms of, look, this this relationship that we've started isn't over. It lets them know that we're, we're all good. Just because you've said no doesn't mean I don't care anymore. But it also gives them an extra little bit of value to go away and work on. And it might be that then you can follow up again in a few weeks' time and ask them, did they use any of that stuff? And if they haven't used any of the stuff that you've sent them, it might be a good time to say to them, look, this is clearly an indication that when you're left to your own devices, you don't generally stick to what it takes to get these results. Do you want to come and sit in again and have another chat about this? If we flip that the other way and have a look at someone that does sign up, what I like to do in that follow-up email is, again, just thank them for their time. It's everyone's most valuable resource. So if they've spent time with you, it's something that they're clearly taking seriously. So thank you for spending some time with me today. It was great to find out about X, Y, and Z. Mention a few things that you've talked about within that session. I just wanted to take this time to congratulate you on taking some clear action steps towards your goal and then reiterate what their goal was and maybe even reinforce some of the whys in there as, as well. We all know that people get buyer's remorse. We've all done this ourselves. We've signed for a new car or a new phone or whatever, and then we leave the shop or the showroom and we immediately start thinking, oh my God, have I done the right thing? Did I buy the right thing? Can I afford it? We just want to quiet and down a few of these voices and reinforce that they've made a really good decision that's going to take them a massive step in the right direction. So we're going to address a few of those things. I'm going to put some information in there about payment. So how I expect to be paid. I'd, I'll have already explained that at the end of the consultation process, but then I'm going to back that up in this email and make sure that they know how to set up that payment um, and how to get a standing order all set up. And then what I also like to do is, again, give them a bit of value um, because what's interesting about a service-based business is that when someone gives you money in exchange for a service, they're not getting something physical in return. You know, if you walk into a shop to buy a phone or a showroom to buy a car, you hand over X amount of money and you leave with a physical product. That doesn't exist in what we do. So what I like to do is try and give them something of value there and then. Um, and I'll generally deliver that via email. So it might be a little bit of something that I think will be really helpful for them. It might be a video I've recorded or something like that. It also might be a little bit of homework. So something that I want them to work on before the next session so that they feel like they're already taking action towards that goal and what we're doing there is creating a bit of momentum now that we're in they're in the right state of mind to be thinking about this goal what i also would do in this email if you haven't done it as part of your consultation process is i would actually open the door for a referral and the way i would do that is i would say to the person um you know you've taken some positive steps towards achieving your goal I know that these journeys are made a lot easier if you've got someone alongside you that's also working towards their own health and fitness goals. If you've got anyone in mind that might want to sit down with me at some point and discuss that, please feel free to send them my way or 
give me their contact details with that person's permission and I will contact them and I'll get it booked in for them. This opens the door for you potentially, one, signing up another one-to-one client, two, bringing someone on board that might join that person in training sessions so you can do it in a semi-private format, and three, what it does is reinforce that at some point you're going to be asking this person for referrals. So if you ask nice and early, you can then ask again at each review and things like that and it just feels like a normal part of your process rather than you never asking at all and then one random day asking for a referral because you're struggling for a few clients so those are all the things that I like to do I like to make sure that we've got that in that email then what I like to do is that evening I will send them a text so the email goes to them immediately after the session which you can do if you give yourself some time after the consultation you can do that I send them a text that evening again just thanking them for their time and letting them know that I've dropped them an email if they haven't had a chance to look at that. And then also confirm their first appointment. So I'll say, just as a reminder, we're meeting on this day at this time, that's session one, and here's what we're going to be doing. The day before that first session, I'll drop them another text. Hi, quick reminder of our session tomorrow. Just confirming the time's okay, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I need you to bring with you. Here's what to expect feel free to let me know if there's any problems. So again, this process is just easing people in to that very first session. As a personal trainer, it is very, very easy to underestimate how big a deal it is to even just turn up to a session with a trainer. For us, it's just the norm. We do it with people day in, day out, and some of these people have been working with us for years. So it feels like not a massive thing to them and to us. But for people that are coming in brand new and maybe potentially fresh to the gym, We've just got to take that time, attention and care to get them to that point and make it feel like a really easy, seamless process. Um, and the way we do that is just by following these three simple steps and being well organized in what we do. So I hope that you found that useful today. This nice little three-step system for your consultation process. We've broken down what to do before the consultation, what to do during the consultation, and then what to do after the consultation. If you've got any questions about any of this, feel free to drop me an email. Um, you can do that by emailing matt.robinson at pro-fitpersonaltraining.co.uk and we can, you know, we can help you out. Also, if you're interested in finding out anything more about ProFit and what we do, please feel free to check out www.pro-fitpersonaltraining.co.uk. You can find out everything about us there. And if you haven't done so already, feel free to leave us a nice review. Let us know how you're finding this information. If there's anything else you want to know more about, leave that in there as well. We always welcome the feedback and want to make sure that we're helping as many people as possible. So in next episode, I'll be back with another interview with another top trainer within the industry. So look out for that. That'll be episode number six. In the meantime, have a fantastic day and I will be speaking to you through this medium very, very soon. Thank you. Thank you.